Welcome to the Takes of the Tailgaters podcast. My name is Talon Hauser, alongside my co-host, Lathan Yates. Howdy. And our other co-host is again here on Skype, Caden Cooley. How's it going? And Nate can talk about some of our topics today. Yeah, so first off, we're going to talk about the really exciting games in the NFL schedule release, games that we're really looking forward to or that are intriguing. Next up, we're going to talk about the next NFL future QB prospect and, you know, how early NFL scouts, you know, start really eyeballing these guys. And then finally, we're going to talk about um, our top 10 NBA point guards of all time. So this will be a series that we're going to do. We're going to do every position, then finish it out with top 10 players in the NBA of all time. So yep. look forward to those. We're really excited to do it, and let's get started. So first off, on like a really intriguing game, we have the potential to see two really exciting quarterbacks play, Joe Burrow and maybe Tua, if he is playing at that point. Um... It's, it's in December, so it's pretty late. Bengals at Dolphins. I mean, if Tua does play, this could be an awesome game. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, how did, like, when do you see Tua maybe playing? Like, I mean, we'll just get into that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I mean Tua, he's a, he's an interesting, he's interesting, because we know Burrow's probably going to come out week one, or at least, like, start of the season, start playing. I mean, yeah, especially since they got rid of Andy Dalton, which actually, you know, since you brought that up, I actually don't like that, and we can talk about that more when we do, like, our team analysis. Yeah. But, but uh... No, I, I think, uh, especially because it's later in the year, Tua will probably have had some sort of games under his belt. Um, maybe. Maybe, ho- yeah. hopefully. But that, I think the Dolphins might be looking at it as, like, he's already injury-prone. They don't want to, like, push it if it's not going to yeah. do him any good. But hopefully they're playing, and I think that would be a really fun game to watch for the future. I mean, they're both in the same uh, division, or not division, conference. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see this for the next, hopefully, like, 10 years, right? Yeah. If they're both good. And uh, I think it'll be a good little key into the future, honestly. I mean, yeah, this game's a huge what if. I mean, because if, if two is not playing, then this game isn't really that hype. Yeah, I'm Which not I really. Am, I am intrigued to see any Joe Burrow game, to be honest. Caden, what are your thoughts on the potential to see these two young quarterbacks play? You got the two of the top five picks playing. It's just an exciting game. Uh, like you said, if Tua does play, if play, then it's a big bummer. But... Um, this is kind of the point in the year when most coaches are doing okay health-wise and they feel like they're kind of learning the playbook that they will go ahead and throw them in a game. And, you know, this could be one of those games, too, where it's home for the Dolphins, so they might want to get some ticket sales going. So, I don't know. It would be cool to see them play. Yeah, I agree. Next up, we have the Chiefs Banner Night to open up the season, and I can't think of a better game to start it off. I mean, you have one of the greatest playoff games in recent memory. I mean... Crazy comeback, like, what a game that was. And then now you're opening the season with it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it just puts us right back into that feel of how the playoffs started, how this run started back with this team. And the Texans are a little bit revamped. Chiefs coming back with the same team. Their model all seasons has been running back. Um, And so I think it'll be a really fun way to start. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, this is almost turning into a rivalry of sense. Not like... Not a bitter rivalry, but like a respectful one where yeah, it's like just sure. two great QBs in the same conference. They're always in the playoffs. They're, they're going to be playing each other for the next 10 years, hopefully. Um, they're always fun to watch. They have a very similar style as well. Um, so I think them by themselves is always fun to watch. And on Banner Night, opening night, in KC, that's going to be amazing. This will be the exact opposite of last year's opening night game yeah. that we all watched together at Kane's house where, like, the Bears and Packers played, and I think... I mean, I don't even know the total... Yeah, that was a really rough game to watch, yeah. but 
yeah, I mean, like you said, two very similar quarterbacks and just so fun to watch. Caden, how hype are you just as a Chiefs fan for Banner Night? I mean, they picked the best available home game we had, but I wish... Yeah, I, I mean, like, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, so they're obviously going to play the home game. And I wish we kind of got, like, a different opponent. Like, if we had got, like, the Ravens or Saints at home, like, my hype level would be off the charts. I'm still excited to see the Texans, but... Bro, are you trying um, to lose game one? <laughs> are you trying to lose game one? Not really. <laughs> okay, then. Okay. So I wouldn't want the Ravens or Saints. Jesus. But, you know, like, good teams. Like, I'd rather get them out of the way quick, too. I think the Texans are a good team. They're good. They're also good enough to be up 24-0 on you guys. So, like... Yes. But, well, Vegas... I texted Talon this after I found out, but Vegas has them, at, like, the Chiefs at minus 10 and a half, and I was like, I know they just lost, like, DeAndre, but, like, dang. I don't know. We'll see. Moving on, um... There's just some, like, smaller games that are just good matchups out of division. Steelers at Cowboys, um... Ravens at Texans, like Talon kind of said earlier, just like those fun quarterbacks to watch. Here's an interesting game that kind of, a kind of a classic rivalry that's kind of being revamped. 49ers at Cowboys, late in the year. I mean, this game's going to matter. Primetime game. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be a primetime game. I don't have the actual time, but I mean, it's going to be nice to see that, that like really historic rivalry kind of be brought back. Yeah. I, I like, I like this matchup. I don't love it. There's other ones I think are more interesting. Um, mainly just because I'm tired of talking about the Cowboys. It's just because they're always the talk of the town, and they and then they go eight and eight, and you're like, oh well. I mean, that was we talked about them way too much. So it'll be a good good matchup if the Cowboys are good, but it's a big if in my opinion. Yeah, Caden. I mean, what do you think about? Um, I mean, Talon just said like they're gonna go eight and eight. I mean, expect the Cowboys to do better. I mean, I know we're not doing point. I mean, like you have high hopes for the Cowboys. We'll see. I don't know. Mike McCarthy, you got a new coach like that coming in there. It really could just kind of go either way. So, I don't know. Also, in a matchup like this, like, it sounds like it's going to be really hyped and exciting. Like, you've got these high-profile QBs, but they're just going to be handing it off to their running backs the whole game. So, Next up, a really like an earlier game that I'm really excited about is Buccaneers at Saints. Tom Brady's first game yeah. against Drew Brees. I mean... Like, what a way to start it, first of all. Like, yeah, I mean, I, pro, like kudos to the NFL. I mean, they, they knew what they were doing with this yeah. one. I mean, that's... I was going to be glued to that TV. First time you get to see Tom Brady in a different jersey. Okay, I get preseason, but honestly, is Tom Brady really going to play that much in preseason? Oh, no. Actually, there you go. That's an interesting talk. Do you think Tom Brady's going to play in preseason? No. Why not? Because why would he? He's freaking, like, 56 he, or something? Yeah, but he's never... <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But he's never played in the system before. We'll see, man. We'll see. I don't know if he's going to be able to. I think to. it's an interesting, you know, conversation. Like, I mean, obviously with the Patriots, if he was still with them, I don't think he would play in the preseason at all. Maybe. But, I mean, since this new team, I don't know. Something to think about. But, yeah, I'm really excited for that game. I think that's just going to be an amazing game. Just so well, high for that. I mean, that's as amazing a game just for different reasons than the Chiefs and Texans. It's great QB matchups, but it's not talent, arm strength, run out of the pocket. Yeah. It's dink and dime and thread the needle down the field and Tom Brady and his new his new system with his new receivers I mean that's gonna be a fireworks show hopefully I mean Drew Brees coming back with his weapons it's in uh, New Orleans correct yes 
in New Orleans, that arena, it's gonna that one's gonna be a fireworks show for sure. Yeah. Next up, you got Packers at Bucks. I mean, I like same thing with your Breeze. I mean, it's just gonna be an exciting matchup. You know, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady and his new squad. Yeah. All right, and then top three on this list that we're looking at. Um, shout out to Sporting News. It's um all Chiefs. So, Chiefs at Saints is number three. Dub. Caden, what are your thoughts on just the Chiefs playing some really exciting teams? You know, I think, you know, to beat the best, you got to beat the best. Yeah, that's facts. When you get the division winner schedule, I mean, you're obviously going to have good games, but, I mean, they're playing, like... But, I mean, we've gotten the division winner schedule for the last Yeah, but these top three games, they're on the road, though, too, which, I mean, these are going to be hard games for the Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs at Saints... Chiefs at Ravens and then Chiefs at Bucks. I think I think the Chiefs schedule is interesting this year because because their home games are all pretty easy. They're, like Caden said, the Texans game is really the only good game. No, like I was like I, like, I looked at the schedule and I was like, wow, there's no we, home game I really want to go to. I could easily see us going undefeated at home. And our yeah. road games are hard, but like the thing is, is like we're guaranteed a certain amount of wins with the home games. Yeah, exactly. Now, if we just if we pull out those road games, I mean, I could see uh, where we go thirteen and three. A fourteen and two, like I could see a really, really high win regular season for us because one, riding up the momentum of Super Bowl, and two, just the way our schedule works out, it's like hard, but like, and those hard games aren't really necessarily early. I, I get you have the Texans and then the Ravens. You're getting in into September, your flow, but I mean later games like the Saints and even the Bucks. I mean those are late November, December games. Yeah, so I think it'll be interesting. Fun fact about the cold schedule: it's actually the easiest schedule based on opponents. Um. Like their record prediction, prediction. Sorry, I couldn't talk there. Y'all are garbage, anyways. Well, I mean, yeah. No, actually, I think the Colts are gonna be good this year, though. Like, on a real yeah, and we'll, and we'll get into that. Um, actually, I mean, if we're gonna talk about team analysis, like when we're dropping that. Um, after our NBA rankings, position wise, we are gonna start our NFL series, which will be a lot of fun. You know, we're gonna go division by division, go really in depth with these teams, give you guys like some, like some insights on like their year. So look forward to that. But yeah, so there's the NFL schedule, some really great games, and obviously there's going to be great games that just aren't really talked about yet, because, you know, yeah. there's, there's going to be surprise teams, like, I'm interested to see the Cardinals, like, the Bucks. obviously, there's going to be Bucks. fun teams to watch. Moving on, so, I saw this Instagram post by ESPN a while ago, about talking about a guy named Trey Lance, and, like, I didn't know who Trey Lance was, and I actually do watch college football. Um, he is a freshman from North Dakota State, where, if you don't know, that's where Carson Wentz went. I know I know how much you love Carson Wentz. I actually didn't know that. No, I didn't. Even though he's garbage, but, you know, it's another talk. Every single episode we're going to do Every this. single episode we mention Carson Wentz, you're getting trashed on because you like him. Anyway, I mean, this guy just had an amazing freshman year, which is crazy to think about because we're going to be freshmen next year. And it's like, could you just imagine just balling out at our age? Yeah. Oh, you could? Yeah, I could, yeah. Oh, really? Five, six, and white? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> e- easy money, easy money. Well, to give you, like, an idea, like, on this dude's stats, I mean, he just had an amazing year. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Um, Completion percentage, 67. That's pretty solid. Yards, passing-wise, 2,786. Pretty good for a college year. 28 touchdowns. Mm. His longest was 88. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been, like, a rack yard, but I think it's interesting. His QB rating was 180, though. Mm. Like, impressive. Um, Rushing-wise, though, this is where this kid's really exciting. I mean, 14 touchdowns. I mean, how many yards? Did you say his completion percentage? 
67. Six, mm. So, I mean, he's pretty accurate. I mean, pretty, he's pretty accurate. 1,100 yards running the ball. That's what? His just one year? Just one year. That's insane. Yeah. Like, that's crazy, His longs were 61, so, I mean, this dude's got wheels. Jesus. And freshman like he, year? Freshman year, 1,100 like, rushing yards. But he's playing against grown-ups. In 12 games, 1,100 rushing yards. That's insane. For freshman. And while throwing the ball well, too. That's crazy, man. I see why everyone's, like, googly-eyed over him now. And, like, another interesting thing is those mobile guys are pretty prone to taking sacks because they just, because they're improvisers, you know? They think yeah. they can just regular D linemen. Only 12 sacks. That's, I mean, that could that's, be that's a credit a, to his own line. Yeah, but, I mean, a sack a game, I mean, that's, I mean, that just shows you he's getting the ball off quick. And, okay, I'm not really talk. we didn't, I didn't bring this to you guys really talking about, um, this guy. Like, yeah, I think he's gonna be sick, but, you know, he's, he's only a freshman, he's got two more years before he can even get drafted. I wanted to talk, talk to you about how early do NFL scouts really watch these guys? Because, you know, like, this whole thing, like, even, like, last year you were, like, hearing this, um... Tank for Trevor, like, Tank for Tua. Tank for Tua was a big I, thing. Yeah, Tank for Tua was big. But even, like, in the back of NFL fans' mind, Trevor is coming up. So, Caden, what are your thoughts on, like, looking at college quarterbacks in the fu- for the future, like, this early? Um, do you kind of mean, like, before college or... Well, like, I mean, how early do you think they start? Because, I, I mean, Trevor was a freshman. This guy's a freshman. Do you think scouts are looking now at this guy for maybe being able potential franchise quarterback oh for sure i think some nfl scouts will go to high school games if they think the guy's that legit i mean like a guy like trevor or you know like eli manning is it eli manning's son no it's the it's, other uh, manning. it's their like the ugly manning. it's their nephew i think <laughs> yeah it's their nephew yeah i think he's his name's arch i think he's named after arch yeah. yeah i mean yeah i know he's got a lot of hype and it's just interesting so like okay yeah so i think we've did, like agreed on like the skies but yeah. for the whole like you know ideology like oh the Pats are tanking for Trevor now and like just even last year you heard some teams are like maybe gonna tank for Trevor like do you do you, like do you think teams are looking at these guys in college and being like you know what I know it's a couple years on the road but that's our guy like I mean, do you think that's like a real mm. thing or do you mm. think they take this like a yearly basis you know uh I'm I'm gonna be honest I don't think NFL some NFL franchises are smart as as smart as we think they would be <laughs> Yeah. And I think a lot of teams take it by a year-by-year basis. Um, I think teams like, you know, the Patriots and and uh, 49ers and, like, really, really good organizations, um, they, they look at, a, you know, year five, three-year-long plans. Um, but I think, mul- like, lots and lots of teams. Like, the Bengals weren't coming into next season, like, like, two seasons ago. They didn't plan to get the first pick. They just did it because they suck. Like, you That's know. That's true. So, um, I think certain teams are looking and doing their homework, and I just think some other, like like the Bengals, like even the Redskins, um, just teams with not that good of a, of a foundation up front, up top, um, they just go by here-by-year basis, and they're like, oh shit, Joe Burrow, cool. I think it would be really interesting to like know that answer, because it's like, I mean, this guy's a year older than we are, and like even the thought of like an NFL GM being like, you know what, maybe... I know we're kind of like a middle-of-the-pack team. Maybe we could tank the year before his draft or, like, his draft year and then get him. I mean, I just I think that's so interesting to think about. Like, this dude was a, in high school last year, and then uh, maybe an NFL team's already thinking about picking him. Yeah, well, a lot of NFL teams do this as well where, like, they'll make connections with college coaches, and they get most of their information from their college coaches. So they'll hit them up and be like, hey, what's up? Like, 
tell me all you know about this guy. Um, and give me his pros, his cons, all that. So I think NFL teams are mostly just building connections with college coaches and college programs and getting their information through that way. I don't think they're a lot. I don't think they're going directly to the prospect going oh, yeah, into high school. I agree with you. I think they do have those connections with the coaches. Yeah. But you know, it is like like you said, just like some teams do have those two to five year plans, and you know, those really in depth plans are just so interesting to think about, like. The Chiefs, like the 49ers, like you said. I, I think mean, those are teams that, that take it three years at a time. And yeah, no, I agree. And like, I guarantee it, you, Andy Reid and, at the time, John Dorsey, um, when they were sitting with Alex Smith, they were like, we're not winning a Super Bowl with this dude. Yeah. I, I know they thought that. And I know they were like looking at quarterbacks. And everyone thought of it as a surprise when they traded up and drafted Patrick Mahomes. But they've said they were like, We've looked at this guy for like three years. Yeah. <laughs> so I think teams like that look at it that way. And teams like the Bengals, like the Redskins, like yeah, that makes it, sense. I know it's easy to shit on them just because they're bad this year, but like they have a history of just going year by year yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Next up, it's time for our top 10 point guards of all time. So Caden, let's, let's hear it. What's your number 10? Um, so Steph Curtin, no, I'm kidding. Bro, oh, I was what? I was so ready to be like, oh wait. my god, I was about to, I was about to end this call. It's about to happen this low. Anyways, <laughs> I put okay. The way I did my list is I kind of went off both titles, how iconic the player was, and like how good they were. No matter if it's a little bit of stat padding. So for my number ten, I did Bob Cousy. The dude has six championships. And he basically formed the mold for what a point guard would be as time went on. Obviously, he doesn't get a lot of love. I hardly knew who he was before I started researching this he list. He couldn't dribble his left hand, that's why. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. Bob Cousy's not a really fun pick, but he's on my list just because, I mean, he has the he has the honors, the accolades. It, it's, it'd be wrong if you didn't put him on Bob's the list. Bob's your number 10? No. Oh, okay. I'm, okay, I'm just agreeing with Caden. Okay. Uh, my, oh, what's your number 10? Just go. My number 10, so I agree with Caden, like, there's a lot of factors in this list, and one of them that he said is Icon, and I had to put the Icon in here, Allen Iverson. I mean, okay, so Allen Iverson was a tough one for me. Like, like really around 10, there's a lot of guys who could be there, and just AI was just so iconic, and... Yeah. God, I just... He just made point guards really exciting again, because it seemed like after, you know, John Stockton wasn't really the most exciting guy, and... You know, after Isaiah Thomas, like, a really great point guard that just was exciting. You know, there wasn't, like, a swaggy point guard. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it went yeah. from like, Isaiah Thomas, and then you just had, like, Gary Payton, which Gary Payton was great, but he was, like, on, he was a lockdown guy. And that's he was not always fun. okay. And then, like like I said, John Stockton's just not the most exciting guy in the world. Well, the thing about AI for me, I have him as 10 and number well. Uh, wow. I have him <laughs> at 10 as well. Um, is I thought, like I said, he only had about four or five prime years. I really can't put him up there. But then you pulled it up. He had, like, 11 All-Star games, didn't he? Or something. Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. I mean, he was a one-time MVP, 11-time All-Star. 11-time All-Star. Seven All-NBA selections in total. So, yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was a little bit more, you know, just short-term success. It's a lot longer than I thought it was. Yes. I mean, seven All-Team selections is no joke. Yeah, and, I mean, this dude changed basketball culture. He was the first dude with the headband, armband. Um, he would come in, wear whatever he wants. I mean, he makes me want to have dreads. Yeah, and I'm white and you're white. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So like. So yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, so we're getting dreads. <laughs> but no, I mean this this dude changed. If you don't know, the refs had it in for AI. I mean, uh, one ref bet. So there was there was a bet between two different refs in the same game who could call more fouls on Allen Iverson. And he was sitting there talking to the refs like, man, you're screwing me over. And they'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. they look him right in the eye and lie to his face because they would just screw him over because he was so controversial. that And the refs in the back in the early 2000s were pretty pretty, pretty garbage. Pretty uh, sketchy, to say the least. But hey, we're we going to talk about practice? We're going to talk about practice. He's, he's, he's just yeah, iconic. We're we going to talk about practice. I saw a whole commercial for like yesterday just talking about practice and it's 2020 and this from a press conference. Yeah. And he's talking about practice, but like yeah, he's just, making fun he's, of it. Yeah, he's just talking about practice. Just, just we talking about practice. I, Kaden, Iconic. <laughs> I think we said practice enough. Caden, what's your number nine? My number nine is AI. I mean, same exact reason as yeah. you guys were saying. I think he's just one of the most iconic shooters of all time. So, facts. Caden knows, guys. Caden knows. My number nine, the KC boy himself, Nate Archibald. Tiny. He's I mean, the only player I could name from the Kansas City. Yeah, uh, I mean, so Kansas games. City basketball wasn't great, but this was like the one bright spot they had. You know, I mean, yeah, they won. They won Omaha, so like there wasn't a lot of bright spots. <laughs> I mean, they really split two cities, but this dude just had great stats. I mean, he had a year where he dropped thirty-four points a game and almost twelve assists. I mean, that is just fire. Um, I mean, thirty-four points without the three-point line. That's, that's a lot. That's, as like a five ten dude. Yeah, I mean the dude's nickname was Tiny, so like, that's impressive as hell. I'm not gonna lie. And like, like I said, like he's the only bright spot about Kansas City basketball, and he has the accolades and the stats. So I was like, you know what? Let's that's put him in. That's a very interesting number nine. I think I ve- I respect that a lot. Um, I didn't go him. This could be recency bias. You can hate me if you want, but I have the man himself, Mr. Triple Double Russell Westbrook at number nine. Um. It was tough putting him up here because, I mean, as we know, he's the most controversial point guard in our era of, like, watching basketball. Yeah, no, I mean, he is so controversial. And not because even just, like, his character, it's his success. Like, his, and his play style was so confusing because, like, the man averaged a 31-point triple-double in the modern era. But also, like, he also led the league in turnovers, like, all time. So, yeah. he's a tough player, but I just think he's put up too many amazing stats for me tonight. I mean, a 31 and a half point triple double with 10 re- 10 rebounds and 11 assists. And he did he did it 3 years in a row. Yeah. Not 31 points, but he averaged triple double for 3 years in a row. That's insane. I mean, we thought this would never be done. And again, he is an icon. Um and he's not much of, of an icon as AI, but I mean, he's Mr. Triple Double. He again, he stat has a little, but I just had to give it to him for his statistical dominance. It's just hard because his career isn't over, so like the total career, just resume. Yeah. And like just his his inability to win games. I know. It's that, just like that's I, what, I don't think this guy will ever win anything, and that's what's so hard, especially now when his career isn't over, to put him on this list. His but, only shot was when they're up three one. But the problem with Russell Westbrook, like debating this, is you can't debate it. The stats are too good to debate. I mean, the fact that. Triple doubles are almost normalized because of him. I think, think the year before, I think the year before Russ just averaged one. I think it was Lance, the leader. With Lance nine. Stevenson. Yeah, nine. It was either, was it six or nine? It was one. Of it was them. yeah, one of the two. One of the two, but like I mean, under ten triple doubles. And then ever since then. Yeah, and Russell just 
I mean, Russell had like forty-four. He really normalized it, and so like when someone like when you say, "Oh, we got a triple double," you're like, "Oh yeah, I mean that's cool." Yeah, like nobody even cares anymore because yeah, Russell like, Westbrook. That used to be such a big deal. Yeah. So it's like, you you can't argue against it. So I mean, I don't I don't agree with the pick, but I'm not gonna like say like, "Oh, you're an idiot," because like because I'm not an idiot. I mean, you kind of are. Because you think Carson Wentz is good. Bro, I knew you were about to say that. <laughs> you just right. knew it was coming. Caden. All right, Caden, what is your number eight? Well, first of all, I just want to tell Talon. Talon, anytime you bring up Carson Wentz, just remember the uh, Packers. Yeah, facts. Bro, that was from the last <laughs> podcast. We don't, we don't need to bring that up. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, what's your number eight? Um, So, I've got Walt Frazier, you know, just another one of those guys who played in, like, 60s, 70s. He was just in it. You know, there's not really that much to say about him. Yeah, I mean, he won. We never got to watch. I mean, he was he played 30 years before my time. My number eight, similar, it's Bob Cousy. Just the accolades and stats are too good not to be on this list. What is your eight? Yeah, I, okay, I'm just gonna put it out there. I don't have Walt Frazier or Bob Cousy. Um, this could be a because stupid. Because okay, I might I might be um just picking exciting players, but I just can't put a guy who couldn't dribble with his left hand on my top 10 NBA all time. I just can't do it. What would Bolt say about this? He, I guarantee he would even agree with me, and he's the biggest boomer ever. He doesn't even no, know. No, he's such an old head. He'd be like, Bob Cousy was the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Bob Cousy had a pull-up jumper you never even seen before. His hook shot would make <laughs> girls scream. Anyways, back to the serious talk. I have Steve Nash at my number eight. Um, Steve Nash for a little while was was the Steph Curry of the early two, of the mid two thousands. Um, when you go back and look at his stats for those MVP years, like eighteen points, but like if you watch those games, it was exciting. Like, it was exciting. He yeah. was like you said this before the podcast. He was the white Magic Johnson. Um, his his, his just passing style was so. It was new. It was you haven't new. seen it since Magic Johnson. Yeah, almost. he was just, and he was a, he was a, a nice face. I mean, he was a shooter. His free throw percentage was nice like guy. nice guy. You know, play soccer, so he's like diverse. Yeah, he's just a cool dude from Canada. Like that's neat. Yeah, that's neat. <laughs> he's no. just a neat dude. No, but uh, his uh, his career is very interesting. I mean, the first like f- five years of his career, he was bouncing back from Phoenix to Dallas, from Phoenix to Dallas, back to Phoenix. It was weird, but uh. I don't know. The two MVPs really helped. Not winning um, a championship. He definitely stole those MVPs from Kobe, though. Like, he stole one of them. Yeah, one of them. I don't think the other one. I think the one where he averaged 18 and 11. That, yeah. That was good. Yeah, definitely hey, that one where it was like 15, I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Give it to Kobe. But Steve Nash is all around. His stats are just too incredible to not put up here. And uh, he also, they, him and Mike D'Antoni started the the seven seconds or less offense. That was a really exciting team. Yeah. Um, no, I loved that team. That was they uh, they didn't revolutionize like like players like Steph did, but he helped further the game of basketball so much. Yeah, the pace of play. Here. Yeah, I mean they really huge steps. They were in ahead of their time. Game. Sure. Yeah, have it, like really just ahead of their time. Caden, who's your seven? So my next three all kind of fall in the same category for me, where they're all kind of like they were those guys at point guard, but like. I feel like if you don't win a chip, that really hurts your legacy in terms of, like, these kind of rankings. So, for my number seven, I have Steve Nash. Same reasons for what Talon said, basically. He was just really great throughout his career. couple MVPs. Uh, just never a- being able to get a championship just 
didn't do him any favors. Yeah, I agree. Steve Nash is also my number seven. So, T-Dizzle. Fun. Um, my number seven, I have Chris Powell. Um, he's just... He's just too solid to not put him up here. Um, his whole career, he's, I mean, his career, he averages, uh, what am I looking at? He averages 18.5 points, 9.5 assists. That's just solid. That's like what you want from a top point guard. I mean, and people forget that this dude early in his career, he was averaging, I mean, fourth year in his career, tw- uh, 23 points a game and 11 assists. That's, those and, are great those numbers. Those are great numbers. And he's, always been a defensive guy i can't i don't i don't have it up here but he i mean he's a six-time steel champion uh i mean he's got a bunch of defensive yeah a bunch of defensive he's an all-star almost every year he was all-star this year and you're like when he got traded to the thunder i was like oh god they're gonna be terrible and he carries them to like this is is out of order but he's my number six and just like so we don't have to go back to chris paul yeah this year i i don't think i would have put him this high but this year just really changed my whole thing on Chris Paul. Like, it just the last couple of years, I was like, okay, this guy just isn't the same anymore. And, like, it's over. But he came in an OKC team with no expectations. He's really the only guy. And they were in a they were in the playoffs in probably the hardest Western Conference ever. So it's like, wow. Like, maybe I was just yeah. sleeping on Chris Paul. I, and saw, so- I saw a short snippet on Instagram. And I th- it really was thought-provoking. Um... He said that there's players that are floor, uh, what, how do you word? He basically said that there's players that can bring up a floor and people that can bring up a ceiling. Um, LeBron James is more of a floor bringer upper, right? So he can do more with less. So when he has the Cavs. He can make other guys better. He makes, but yeah. like when he had a heat team, you thought like these were the six championships and they only won two, right? So LeBron is more known for carrying crap than elevating amazing right mm-hmm. like Draymond Green isn't going to carry crap but he can elevate amazing right any any other team he's like a no name but in the Warriors he's amazing um and those guys that carries is really good at carrying a floor mm-hmm. um he did it in NOLA he's yeah. doing it now and then, yeah this thing is when he got traded to the Clippers and they didn't really have much success in the playoffs that's when people started to question his legacy but also he had a lot of really badly timed injuries including the one in Houston. Um, and that's where the no rings thing kind of, mm-hmm. I don't feel as bad for it because yeah. they were up 3-2 and he pulls a hamstring and there it goes. So um, Chris Paul is my number seven. And my number six. Caden, who is your six? Uh, Chris Paul is my number six as well. Um, okay, well. I just, yeah. Yeah, let Caden go first so he doesn't like keep. Yeah. I, I tried to, but like I was just yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. and I'll have him go next. It was just the Chris Paul thing. So, yeah. what's your six? Oh, uh, my six is sorry. My six is Jerry West. Um, Ooh. the logo. Um, you could say I have him. I feel like Jerry West is kind of ranges. You could say I have him high. You could say I have him low. Um, what low? Like you gonna put him higher? I saw on some lists he was like three. Whew. So, um. Uh, Probably Bulls made the list, but <laughs> no, uh, this dude, this dude's just too undeniably good. Um, I think one thing that is very questioning, and I'm not a big, like, when people bring up LeBron's finals record, I'm like, come on, like, he got to the finals. But this dude is, like, 1-9 in finals. That's pretty bad. <laughs> like, to get there that many times only win once. That, 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 I, that is interesting. I didn't know that about him. Yeah, he has, like, the worst finals record of all time. But uh, he is the logo. I mean, he had an amazing years i can't i think i had his stats up but i don't feel like pulling it up 
Um, this dude, I mean, 14-time All-Star. His career averages 27 points per game. Career. 7 assists per game. 8-6 rebounds. Just all around yeah. an amazing player. And the logo, so that helps. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about those older guys, the accolades really do carry because you can only take the stats with a grain of salt because it was such a different game. Yeah. And I think the one chip just kind of holds him back from, like, these kind of lists. True. But, you know, I mean, he had the stats for it, so I'm not going to, like, be like, oh, once again, you're an idiot. But, yeah. Caden, who is your number five? This is when it gets really interesting. So, I have John Stockton at number five. Great player. I mean, he was a great team player, too. The dude averaged 10 assists for his whole career, which is kind of wild. But, you know, again, not having any championships really hurts him. I think, wasn't it MJ that held him back? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so MJ held a lot of people back. But, yeah, my number five, John Stockton. I couldn't agree more. John Stockton is mine. And the one thing that does hold me back is he didn't score that many points and he doesn't have the chips. But he is the point guard. I mean, he is just such the ideal point guard. Just makes everyone around him better. Just average. Like, like you said, tennis is his whole career. I mean, that's what he won from point guard. So, I mean, he's just the model. Yeah. So, no. like, yeah, I agree. Just the no chips holds him back. Yeah, my my number five as well is John Stockton. Yeah, I mean, MJ held a lot of people back, and John Stockton, unfortunately, is one of them. Like yeah. you said, he didn't score enough points for me to carry him. Like, he wasn't assistant. Yeah, like, his career stats is 13 points. His stats game, aren't just... insane, but, I mean, he did lead. He's an all-time leader in assists and steals, which is really impressive. Yes. But, uh, yeah, John Stockton, the purest point guard of all time all right kate kool-aid what's your number four uh my number four is isaiah thomas the dude got left out of the dream team which was a travesty but you know he beat jordan not once i think he beat him twice yes maybe it was three times i don't remember twice Twice. yes um but you know like he was the leader of the bad boy pistons he had to play in a brutal era like he had to play against magic and bird and he still came out on top like quite a few times so yeah yeah uh i also have isaiah thomas as my number four um or no i don't never mind sorry my bad (laughs) wow i have i have oscar ramos as my number four um this guy was a statistical monster um i couldn't put him any higher just because the league he played in was iffy to say the least um and he also the one championship he won one championship correct um, yes. The one championship he did win was with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think at the time he was Lou Alcindor. Um, but, you know, like a top three or four player of all time. So, um, statistically, he was amazing. I just personally, I didn't watch him. I don't know enough about Oscar Robertson to, like, feel confident putting him in my top three. So, My number four is different than your guys' is it's Steph Curry. Which before, okay, oh, hold, hold, on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, man. This is right now. His career isn't over. Okay? So, like, I he, he has a disadvantage there. And, I mean, I'll get to, like, Isaiah Thomas because, obviously, he's above. Um, I mean, Seth Ma- changes the game forever. Um, I do think his playmaking, like, differs, like, almost every year. It feels like... Because I, I get their offensive scheme really changes every year because they either get, like, KD or, like, you know, they have a good, like, bench... So their offensive game plan does change every year, and it does feel like his playmaking ability differs. You know what I mean? I know. I agree. So, like, I think that whole new, like, just, like, the idea of a true point guard, like, he doesn't really meet it. But, like you said, he's just so revolutionary. He's iconic. Now, 
I think by the end of this list, he'll be top three, maybe number two for me, honestly. I mean, just by the end of his career, I could see him just going way up. But right now, he is number four on my list. Okay. Hey, you're, hey, you're, what else does he need to do to get into top two for That's you? the thing. It's like, what else does he need to do? I think the accolades... He's got to win three more. You no, know, the accolades are hard for me, and I think the more all-stars, the more all-teams, just the more love and just better stats and just get those numbers up and up and just demolish every three-point record. Yeah, like, just keep doing what he's doing. I'm not saying he needs to do more, but the accolades for me, the championships are just hard for me to judge because a lot of these guys didn't have super teams when they won. Like, Isaiah Thomas's two rings, he had, like, random dudes, honestly. Like, Bill Lambeer, really? That was his running mate? Like, for real? And he won two chips in such a hard era like you like you talked about with, like, uh, Magic Johnson, um, MJ going about to be in his prime. And I, I'd say 90, he really hit his prime. And you can debate that about 89 as well. So, I mean, it's hard for me to overvalue. Like, I can't really overvalue Steph's chips because he did have a super team. Okay. I, I, I feel a little bit better hearing your reasoning. Um, but I still, I just can't not put this dude at number two. Like you said, he revolutionized the game. Um, he is the greatest three-point shooter by far that we've ever seen. And Rayon is an easy number two. But Steph is head and shoulders above everyone else. Right, well, if you're going to talk about Steph, then just, just just hold off on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, because you're, you're going to get to it. Yeah, yeah I, I will. Um, did you, you already did your four, right? Yeah, my four was All Oscar. Right, Kool-Aid, what is your number three? Uh, Oscar Robinson, you know. The same thing as what Talon said. Statistical beast. He was way ahead of his time. I feel like Caden half the time is just like, same thing they said. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what happens when you get around this area. That yeah. They're all like really interchangeable, honestly. My number three is Isaiah Thomas. I think this dude, I love Isaiah Thomas. That Bad Boys team, I love them more than the Bulls team, honestly. Like, I remember when that doc came out, the Bad Boys doc. I was like, just such underdogs. They found a new way to play, and this, like, I hate to, like, I hate how every episode has to be like a Pacers thing with me, but like. That's I fun. love grit and grind basketball because my that's what my team plays and they started grit and grind basketball really. So I, I feel like they're like the godfathers of the uh, style I love. So and Isaiah Thomas was just the messiah of that team. Like I mean he was it. I mean like I said like Bill Lambeer was his second running mate Joe Demers. Like those guys were good and all but Isaiah Thomas carried the hell out of that squad and won two chips and just iconic yeah no his stats really don't pop out at you but uh even in the last dance documentary jordan talks about how like his stats aren't really as like eye-popping but like sorry i had to burp there i'm discussing uh his stats aren't eye-popping but like he just carried teams that weren't like just mentally like he was a floor general for a team that wasn't very talented yeah and now their physicality made up for their lack of talent um but i mean it took Jordan never beat this team in their prime. Jordan beat this team when they got old, mm-hmm, right? Exactly. So, um, who knows if this team was in their prime, like their prime matched up with Jordan? I so think they, that those two squads just would have battled, and battled, it, it could have yeah. been interchangeable any year. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, I mean this this team, it's a it's a shame they only won two championships, really, because this this team was looking like a dynasty, and they just they just didn't put it all together. But yeah, I, sure. I agree. I say Thomas is my number three just because of what he did and how he carried himself. I will say one thing, quick thing, about the last dance. Uh, and people talking about him not shaking Jordan's hands, um, walking off the... I know Nate hasn't watched the last dance. Um, but 
um, they came out and like showed. Yeah, that I know. He, that was like a huge yeah, deal. he walked off and didn't shake Jordan's hands when they lost. But like, people do that in sports all the this time. This was thirty years ago, guys. <laughs> We're gonna get mad at him now as he's like sitting in a suit at home. Like, get mad at him. I don't know. I feel oh, like that's kind of silly. Thing is people like have been just be like, oh my god, Isaiah Thomas and the bad boys just wanted to hurt Jordan, like. No but duh. Those are the dudes that are like, oh, the Nikes were so tough. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, it's but so, now you're complaining that they're tough. Oh, interesting. Yeah, now that you see them actually flagrant fouling everyone, you're like, yeah. oh, it's stupid. Yeah. Oh, funny. Interesting. But yeah. Um, Kool-Aid, what is your number two? So, my number two is Steph. Facts. Um, and I disagree with Nate about, you know, him being on the super team. Because, I mean, okay, he's an amazing teams. I'm not disagreeing with you. But when he wanted he, he was with Clay and Draymond. They had a great bench, don't get me wrong. But I don't want to sit here and act like Jordan hasn't ever had a good team around him, too. Because I talked to Talon about this the other day, too. And I was like, you know, the same people that say Jordan is the GOAT are the same ones that say Scottie Pippen was the second best player in the league at the time. Facts. Oh, yeah, but Jordan also won six. I mean, like, so look. And I wouldn't say he had the super team, but like, no, and then, and just, then for just... his other rings, he had KD. No, okay. Yeah. I, okay. But he also got unanimous MVP, which I feel like I, I get as it. Well. I get it. I'm, I'm not going to hate on the decision. I agree with you that he's an amazing point guard. Uh, I have Steph as my number two as well, and so this is where I'll get into Steph. Um, I don't agree with the fact that he didn't play in all super teams. Um, um, because I mean, the KD thing really puts it over the top. That team was unbeatable. If they're healthy, they're unbeatable. Yeah. Um. So like that that just hurts him. And I that does hurt his legacy. Um. And it was Steph's career is always conflicting because me being a, a huge LeBron James fan and always rooting for him, I've rooted against Steph's teams every single year, which sucks because I actually really like the guy. He's a nice guy. His play style was so fun to watch. Um. So I, I end up being on the other end of like happiness as far as Steph like hitting threes in people's faces. I'm always like, God damn it, he's so annoying like I always am always frustrated with him but he revolutionized the game uh and those first those first two years are big for me before KD um his first MVP his stats don't really pop out at you but if you do a per 36 minutes like how teams like if he would have gotten more minutes Mm -hmm. he would average like 35 points a game but they were blowing teams out so he wasn't playing the fourth yeah yeah he was never playing the fourth so he averaged 23 points a game but he was; those are all third, like through three quarters. Um, and his MVP, se- his second MVP season is obviously unanimous, um, which is the first time anybody's ever done that. And uh, I don't think like th- there's other seasons that people deserved unanimous MVP seasons, but it's still impressive. Yeah. Right. It doesn't degrade it his. Is. Um, he just revolutionized the game. The first two years, the it was around him. I think that bench isn't as good, and they don't have that confidence as Steph isn't shooting from half court and draining every single shot. You're right. The one thing that holds me back is no finals MVPs. That does hurt, because the one year Mm. they won without KD, Andre Iguodala was the MVP of the finals, which I totally disagree with, because he Iguodala got finals MVP for playing good defense against LeBron James, and LeBron averaged like 36 and 11. <laughs> like, Facts. that just shows how good LeBron is, first of all, that the dude holding him to 36 and 11 got the MVP. But all in all, Steph just, his whole revolutionize of the game just puts him up at two, in my opinion. Yeah. My number two is the big O. 
Um, you know, I do wish he won more chips, but he, the dude just made point guards. Like, this is a guy who played in the 60s that you could put in today's game and he'd be still a top five point guard. No, he's very versatile as far as, like, like I mean, go. he literally started just every great point guard behind him in my eyes. Like, like Bob Cousy style, he just said, you know what? I don't... That, that's not fun. That that won't get me laid. And so he said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fire and fun to watch. No, that's, that's a good point. I mean, you talk about Steph changing the game. This dude changed the game into a style that is, like, I mean, the 60s. I mean, that's six, almost 60 years. He was more, he was the first, like, aggressive point guard. Like, the fact that, the fact that you could put, you could take him out of the 60s and put him in today's game, 60 years later, with all the game changes, and he'd still be, I think you agree with me, a top five point guard. That is amazing. It just shows how cold he was. And also, as a Gen Z, and also just for other millennials, because, um, you know, old heads hating on new basketball, the Big O has been here for all the new changes. I mean, he endorsed Russell Westbrook when he was going crazy. Yeah. He was like, man, this guy is the new me, right? And I just, he's been a um, a founding father for pushing and progressing basketball. And exactly. I think people like us Gen Zers can really appreciate that. Yeah. So. Yep, he thanks. wants to see the game get better. Yeah, thanks, Big O. Thanks, Big O. We appreciate it. And now it's time for the number one. Which is easy. It's easy. Caden, just start it out. Uh, Magic. <laughs> yeah, you know. Actually, but... I think Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> mm, I don't know, man. Yeah, actually, I'm going to have to agree with Nate here. Malcolm Brogdon? Uh, no, just five <laughs> championships, eight years, you know, three-time MVP, Three-time Finals MVP, like just the accolades this dude racked up, his on-skill ability—it's just—and he didn't even play his whole skill. career. Yeah, that's a thing. When you say, um, like our number seven, Steve Nash, is the white version of Magic Johnson. I mean, you're just comparing a top ten point guard to another top ten point guard. Like you—that's—I mean—that's how he knows it was yeah. cold. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, Caden said it. We don't have to touch on the accolades and how amazing he was I think his versatility is just so brawn like and it was really I mean I know we keep saying we keep saying it ahead of his time I remember the stat line he played where and he played center and that, like, that's he just the game off that's the game like I'm sure I think he dropped 50 am I am I mistaken on that I think it was a really high number though. really high number like I thought it was high 50. 40s something like that like he just went off as a center yeah, let me look it up you keep talking like it just didn't matter so just if you debate this I'm sorry you oh, just don't 42. Thank, Kaden's, thank you, Kate. Kaden's I thought got it was the 50, quicker type Kaden, hand. like, confirmed it was 42. If you debate Magic Johnson not being the number and one... he was a rookie. You just don't... Yeah, I think he was a rookie. That's insane. Right. It, if you debate this, you just don't love basketball. Yeah, I mean, this dude... First of all, like I said, he didn't play his full career. He was 6'9 as a point guard. And, like... And I and I do think LeBron's a point guard, but I didn't put him in this list because I feel like people would get mad at me, and that's no fun. Being like, "Oh, LeBron's a point guard, so number one, right?" Yeah. So, because we need to have that small forward debate in probably two episodes from now. Yeah. Hey, yeah. If Bron was on this list, would he be number one? Yes. No. Yeah. No question. Sure. But. No, yeah, Bron would be my number one, but like I said, that's no fun. Um. So Magic's easily. I mean, five championships. He won, and the thing is, I think. Coming back from a, a a terrible moment in your career is big for me, and he for a while was known as Tragic Johnson, and like coming back from that and being being known as this choker and then going out and winning five championships for the rest of your career and doing it in L.A. definitely helped. Um, but to, all in all, 
It's Magic Johnson. Number, there's no question. One, Magic Johnson. Yeah, there's All no right. question. So we actually forgot that we our fun segment that we do. Um, and you know what? Caden brought us an idea, and let, let's go for it. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. We're gonna rank Call of Duty games, and this will be interesting. Um, I I think we do have really different opinions on these actually. Um, and you know, there's gonna be some games that are gonna be kind of interesting to debate, like that they were fun, but were they Call of Duty? Yeah. So. Oh, also, we're only doing one goat like top tier yeah game. so from now on if you listen to our last podcast we, we would do tier makers and that's what we're doing it on shout out to tier maker amazing website like if you're bored Great. well because it, it got big like last year around this time yeah. but like it kind of died off we're still doing it yeah tier makers fun. are just so fun like if you're just bored and i know you are because it's quarantine do tier makers so yeah. it's a really good time it's still fun um so we're gonna do one goat so we're just gonna crown one which i think will be a lot more interesting maybe my, maybe it'll it's get hard some really yeah. hard debates but you know we'll see so, I think we start off with World at War. I didn't personally play this game. I didn't either. Okay, so. did you play World at War? This was my first, like, COD experience, like, full-on as a child. So, this one... Okay, wait, what's our what's our tier again? What's our So, tier? it goes... So, actually, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. So, it goes GOAT, GREAT, okay, eh. And then, we wanted to do a new, just the worst thing that we could think of. Which, in recent memory, is Bill O'Brien. So, our worst tier is Bill O'Brien. Thanks. Yeah, so, let's go, let's get after it. So, what, so, since you're the only one that did World at War, or played World at War, what would you rank it as? I would rank it as great, just because, like I said, I had, like, an awesome experience with it when I was a kid. And it's, like, a really good COD. If they remastered this COD... I feel I like Nostalgia is going to play a big factor in this. Ah, see, oh, this okay. was also, also the first COD with zombies, which was a huge deal. Also, I'm going to go to the bathroom. You guys keep going. Okay. The problem with this I have is that, I mean, you're setting the bar up so high because there's so many CODs that I think are better since then. And I don't think this one holds up with the, the tales of time. So, like, I mean, okay. Like, yeah, it may be great in your eyes, but are you okay with it being on the same level as every other thing but GOAT? Yes. You, I enjoyed it that much as a kid. See, like, as a kid, but if you play it, I don't know, man. I just... Well, like I said, it was my first COD game. Can we... Like, can we... I, didn't, I didn't go back and play COD 4 until later. Well, so, getting to go through and play this one for the first time was fun for me. I just only get held up with the Tales of Time. Um, so, I think well, we should do a vote. Talon, are you okay with putting this on okay? Yeah. He's in the bathroom. He said yes. Yeah. So, we're going to put it out. It was okay. You get, You got overruled. Sorry. Next up, we have, is that Advanced Warfare? And, okay, so this is when we're going to get kind of interesting in, like, the, the new age CODs. <laughs> okay, so these are hard to debate because... I'm back. Um, they were, like, fun to play, but they weren't COD anymore. It felt too much like an Overwatch or just, like, a totally different game. So, I'm, I'm okay with putting it... Um, which one came first? I, I'm lost. Was it Infinite or Advanced Warfare first? No, Advanced it was Advanced. Yeah. Advanced came first. So, I, I'm okay with putting it A. And I don't think Infinite's on the... Oh, yeah, it is. Wait, I, where are you putting it? Eh. Eh. Okay. I agree with that. Um, I also agree. Because, like... And I'm one... Like, when I play Call of Duty, I'm way too aggressive. And KD is always so average. Because I'm always charging people. And even I don't like this, like, super aggressive bounce-off-the-walls bulk Yeah, it was, crap. It, it was a lot. It's a lot, and it's not Call of Duty. It's not like fun. But it, but it, but like, okay, it was fun in a different way. So I'm okay with putting it. But you know, since we're talking about it, Infinite Warfare, Bill O'Brien, they tried it again, and that was no. just dumb. Infinite Warfare sucked. 
Bill yeah, Bryan. And they did like the whole zombies of exoskeleton thing. It was weird. Yeah, that was that was really weird. Like yeah, that, was, that was even worse than yeah, that was way worse than Advanced Warfare. Yeah. Alright, starting it off, let's let's just do Modern Warfare. And we will do the remastered one. Okay, I was about to say. Um, so let's do the original first. The original Modern Warfare, Caden, where where do you rank it? Um, great. You know, this is like one of the better COD games. Not better, one of the best. See, I'm thinking good. Well, we don't have good. It's just oh, this we, we just have okay. I'm th- okay. I'm think. Mm, I'm, then I'm thinking okay. Yeah, I'm good with okay because I think the other ones are better, and I don't feel okay yeah. with putting them on the same tier. So I'm a Tano. It's okay, but I do agree with Caden. It's a great game. Um. It's just not as good as some of the other ones on this list. Yes. Um. Next up, Black Ops One. And Black Ops One. Yeah. Man. That one's great. That one's great. That's a great game. <sighs> See. Ta- oh, you don't agree with Black Ops? Okay, 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 okay. So this is the thing. Is well, I, overrule, so shut up. I okay, you can overrule me, but I just want to give my opinion on this. Okay, let's get your opinion. It was it was great. Or it, I guess that's. <laughs> <laughs> that great, okay, it's it's amazing, but like. Black Ops 2 is just better. Yeah, Black Ops 2 is the GOAT. You can have them at the same level. Uh, okay, fine. Put it a great. Fine. Okay. I mean, we'll do Modern Warfare 2 next. Caden. Cool. <laughs> okay. So, back so to me tough. saying which one I enjoyed the most while I was playing them, this one would go in the great category for me. Because <laughs> there's one above it. There's one of it that I enjoyed playing more than any other Call of Duty ever. Okay, you know what? I'm thinking about it more. I I was gonna have Modern Warfare Two as my goat. But I feel like that really? was just so like it's iconic. I'm good with great. I'm I'm, I'm good with great. Okay, I'm good with great. Okay. I'm good with great. Now it's on to my favorite game, Black Ops Two. Mm. This was, yeah, that one's goat. That one's my goat. Okay, I'm sorry. fine. That, like we can crown it. Dude, the maps, the guns. See, the maps were the maps were so amazing. Hijack I mean, is still Nuke, I mean, Nuketown best. is Nuketown was great, but it's iconic. It, it, like the icon factor, I, like I have no other map I've had as much fun on is Hijacked. Hijacked is and just zombies. yeah, and the zombies was just fantastic. See, I don't really play zombies like that. That was the one like so like Black Ops One zombies was okay because you were just in that one spot. Black Ops Two they had like the bus. I remember. Like the intensity of like, oh my god, dude, you're about to miss the bus, and like, then you have to like. Okay, Loki. Like, yeah, you're right. Stuck. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, yeah, it was just so much fun playing that game. Yeah. Okay, should we do? Let's do Ghost. What do you think about Ghost? Ghost. Ghost is underrated. Uh, Loki. Okay. Too much hate. Ghost was fun. Um, because I remember the infected on Ghost was really fun, and but the campaign was fantastic. We can just go like if we if this was just campaign. That one's the good. See, I don't play campaigns like that, so I don't. I didn't play all the campaigns, but that was no, definitely. What do you amazing. play like that? Multiplayer, then. I mean, the other. Yeah, the, the other, other mode. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm okay with putting it as okay. Um, I just think the campaign was really good. The multiplayer sucked. Don't get me wrong. Like the multiplayer, and like that's what you want from COD. But I didn't think it was like <clears throat> the campaign was just amazing. So, and I think it's better than Advanced Warfare. So I'm I'm cool with okay. Yeah, I have it okay too. Okay. Um. Black Ops 3. Like, I didn't hate this game, but it's just not near the other ones. I'm good with okay. See, when it came out, I like it's it's a very colorful, bright game. It's more it's more for for like l- l- kids. It's more colorful. It's got the advanced warfare 
still like uh it, yeah, mechanics. You can tell it's getting there. It's yeah. got the like bounce up and down and stuff. It's not it's not terrible. And when it came out, uh I think that was the first time they did the field upgrades where you can like have a charge and you get like an mm-hmm. arrow or something. So it it was it brought it's just in, not as good as Call of Duty Black Ops or Modern Warfare 2. It's, it's okay, to, eh, in my opinion. I, I'm good with okay. Next up, we have World War Two, which I, I didn't play this game. I but either. I think I played like a little bit because George got it, but this just seemed like, dude, okay, Battlefield had success with their World War One game. Let them have that. Yeah. You don't need to try to do like a... I don't know. It just... It, it was fine. Like It's like a World War Two game, but... Like, it was just such, like, a copy of Battlefield's yeah. success. Yeah, that sounds what they are. So, I'd it was say, such, like, yeah. a random one, too. Yeah, it didn't feel like COD. Yeah. COD was just never about that. It was all. It was always about multiplayer. And then they were just like, World War Two. I think Modern Warfare and Black Ops 2 are, like, that's that's COD's lane. It's either, like, yeah. re- pretty new or, like, like, Middle Eastern type of battle, right? Yes, exactly. Like, so. Exactly. Um, next up, we have Call of Duty Black Ops 4. I didn't play this game. This is when I got out of Call of Duty. Okay. You guys go off on it. Okay, I'll go Bill first. Brian. Whoa, okay. That's a little... I hated this COD. I absolutely hated it. This COD made me... Okay, not this one. I think it might have been Black Ops 3 that made me want to stop playing COD. Like, I still got them every year, kind of just to be like, yeah, I have COD, whatever. But, like, I don't know. It just felt like it turned into over... I was so tired of the exoskeleton jumping... No, nah, bro. You're thinking like, of COD. You're thinking time. of COD three. COD four wasn't like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking of COD three. COD three for me was like Bill O'Brien. Yeah, but COD four. It was. I mean, it was a little better. But uh, Tom, what do you put it? Um, I would put it at eh. Okay, I'm cool. With that. Like, I'm not. It's not great, but like, I played it and had fun sometimes. Yeah. Blackout was f- fun for a little bit because people talk about Blackout like it. It was terrible. Because people are talking about Warzone like it's not the second Battle Royale that Call of Duty's made. Blackout wasn't bad. Because um, it's like what I wanted out of PUBG, but just mm-hmm. like better graphics and better mechanics. Yeah, right? for sure. Because it was like a modern Battle Royale without like cartoons that Fortnite was. So uh, I thought it was fun, but not like... It's yeah. eh. Next up, um, we have Modern Warfare 3, which... Great. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh... I think it's actually okay, but I'll put it I'll put it great. Yeah, I think this is a great game. Alright, so this one's actually not on the tier maker, but we have to do it. It's the newest game, Modern Warfare Remastered. I would say this is the best Call of Duty game ever, but the only thing holding it back for me and like just having fun is the lack of great maps. Like there are some maps that are like really high highs, but they're like the majority of the maps I'm not excited to play on. And that's yeah. that's the issue. I think it's the only like I love Warzone. Warzone's fun. I think it could be better, but it, it, it is it's a great battle royale. Um, there's like I love the game modes. I love like the limited time things like shoot the ship, shipment twenty four seven. Shipment's such an iconic thing now. <laughs> the gulag memes, like it's just it's a great game. I would say go the routes. The, the routes. The routes. Rust. They brought back Rust, which is a dope move. Yeah. But there's just no. not enough great maps to I, be a goat. I agree. The maps are yeah, there's like some maps that I'm like, oh, I'm playing on Rust. I'm playing. Even though I'm, like, against Shipment. Shipment, I'm still, like, kind of excited to play. I love Shipment. I love, um, Hackney Yards. Yeah, there's some good maps, but, like, there's some maps where I'm, like, I hate this map. Yeah, like, I will not play on it. And... But this is, like... Sorry, Tom. No, you're good. Uh, I will say the gunfight 
really yeah. pushed this up for me. I think the one thing holding it back again is the maps, but also like there's no nostalgia factor in this one. Yeah, no, but gunfight is like such a like when they when I when I heard them because I usually never like buy CODs anymore. Like I bought Black Ops Four really late into its cycle. I bought this like really early because I was like. 2v2 like that looks yeah. so fun and it's like it, a it randomized a new exciting thing and, I, I was and it's fun it. because like it's really annoying you getting a multiplayer and some dude has a weapon that he's been grinding for hours and hours Facts. on gunfight it's just we had this one base weapon two base weapons let's go it's 1v1 i don't have to put any time into it let's fight right that's a good way to look at it yeah um but yeah so this one would be great for me um it's just not good i want to put it a goat but like we can only do one so. Yeah, and I just don't think it's better than Black Ops 2. Yeah, but, you know, not. great for COD for going back in the right direction. No, exactly, yeah. Like, this, and I, and, you know, I didn't, I bought this one late. Yeah, you did. We had like, to convince you yeah, so hard. Because, like, I fell out of love with COD. Um, The 2v2 did excite me a little bit. I was like, well, that's cool that they added that. And, you know, Warzone being free, that's the major thing that just pulls people in. Yeah. Um, But, and I, I did hate that they had to remaster games. But I like that in... And honestly, now, having the game and playing it, it doesn't feel like a remastered game just because of how much they added. So, good for them. Good for them yeah. for going back in the right direction. Stick to who they are. You know, they just got too excited about the future. Caden, anything you want to say to wrap this Call of Duty rankings up? I mean, yeah, just what you guys were saying about Modern Warfare, all that. And then, like, this is, like, the best, like, COD experience I've had in a long time. Like, I used to play with my dad all the time. We'd play zombies till, like, 3 in the morning. But now, like, playing with you guys till 3 in the morning in some Warzone and getting, like, second place every single time is fun, so. No, I will also say uh, cross-platform does give this a really unfair oh, boost. Yeah. It's, okay. it's an yeah. unfair boost, but come on, it, it's in the game. We're playing cross-platform now. That helps it a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with great, and I think it's the second best Call of Duty of all time, in my eyes. Facts, facts, facts. Well, second, second best is a little high. Okay, Kane, we were just getting ready we to wrap it up. just about to, like, crown it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but, like, MW2? I think this is way more fun than MW2, in my eyes. See, yeah, MW, like MW2 is just nostalgic. That's a yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's all nostalgic. Black Ops 2 is a, a great mix of both. Anyway, so there's our rankings. Congratulations to Black Ops 2 for being the GOAT. Um, Insert clapping. Insert right clapping. I'm sounds. not going to do that. You're I'm, not going to do it, but. Yeah. I, I'm way too lazy to add this in, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, episode. Look forward to, um, like I said, the position rankings moving on. Next week will be shooting guards, which that should be an easy number one, but, you know, <laughs> we'll see. The MJ hater over here. I mean, what James Harden's, is. you know, looking you know, <laughs> James Harden, he could take number one. But thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. See you.